podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas fell 91-62 to on the road to Texas Tech. And that was an ugly game. There's not, there's no two ways about it. This was one of those games where from the, you could say the 15 minute mark on in the first half, you could kind of tell that it wasn't going to be Kansas's game. Texas Tech was just swarming on the defensive end. Kansas was gifting away possession early on and really looked out of sorts on the offensive end. And then you had the the really uh, a big run from Texas Tech to close out the first half, a 28-11 run over the last, I believe it would have been, 11 minutes of the first half. And there's so many places where this game went wrong for Kansas. I mean, you could start with just the offensive execution and the lack of getting any sort of offensive set going. If you remember back to the TCU game, the game in which Kansas won on the road, its first road win in a good long while since the Baylor game on the road, but in that game, Key was able to execute its offense. Diedrich Lawson was able to get some open looks down in the post. He wasn't able to finish those looks off. But Kansas was able to get good looks from running different sets, running different actions, you know, whether it be Devon Dotson handling the ball, Quentin Grimes, you know, whoever it was, they were able to get good looks. That just wasn't the case tonight, though. And what you saw from this Kansas team was that same lack of a guy that is going to lead the team. Against TCU, that was Devon Dotson. Tonight, the argument could be made that Devon Dotson was one of the worst players on the floor for Kansas. Um, I'll dive into some individual performances a little bit later, but as a collective team, they just looked out of sorts. And then you look at the defensive end, and Kansas was just all over the place. Texas Tech was able to get all sorts of open looks from three, whether it be through just pure ball movement on the perimeter and making the extra pass. And it was also from the dreaded roll and replace that I have harped on for what feels like an eternity this season. But KU continued to do the roll and replace. And KU continued to go to that, you know, hedging ball screen defense where KU has the big hedge out and then someone from one of the corners slide into the paint to help defend and Texas Tech was able to hit that replacement constantly. I'd have to go back and look at the actual numbers of how many times they were able to get shots, but it felt like at least four or five threes came off of that action. And Texas Tech as a whole set a season high and made threes. Their previous high was 12, which they had set in the previous two Big 12 games. But tonight they shot 16 of 26 from three. That is just ridiculous. That's 61% from three. I'd have to go back and look and see how many teams have done that against Kansas, but it can't be many in the Bill Self era. But this was a mixture of KU really just not defending well on one end, 
but also Texas Tech just making open shots. And that has been something that for Texas Tech and for KU and for a lot of these teams that have gone through their struggle shooting threes, it's all about making those open shots because if you make the open shots, you know, that confidence starts to build. And then when those tougher shots come, there's already that confidence. You've already seen it go through the hoop. And there's that self-belief. And you hear players talk about it a lot, about that self-belief when you're shooting a three and how you have to envision it going through the hoop. You can't think, oh, well, what if I miss? Or, oh, what if I do this? Or You can't think. It's just got to be an instinctive shoot the ball. And Texas Tech had that. And they had that killer mentality. And I think one stat just blew my mind, and I put it in my game story as well. But Texas Tech had six players make multiple threes, and of those six, four players had three threes. That's just ridiculous. Like The pure volume at which, in the variety of which, Texas Tech's players shot threes, I thought was just astounding. I'd have to go look at game by game and their box scores, but I'd love to see how many times Texas Tech has had multiple players make multiple threes in a game. And something tells me it's not a lot. And I think that this is just one of those games that was a really tough defensive performance from Kansas, but also just a really lights-out shooting performance from Texas Tech. If you look at the defense for Kansas, you know, they had the, the hedging and recover defense for the first little bit, and then they went into some switching defense, but that really didn't work out. There were some miscommunications on switches that led to open threes. Diedrich Lawson said post-game that he thought of an occasion where he and Quentin Grimes didn't communicate on a switch, and it resulted in an open three. And then you saw Bill Self go to a 2-3 defense. And even in that, in one of the... You could call it simple, but one of the most basic defenses, KU still looked all out of sorts in the zone. You know, they were able to, Texas Tech that is, was able to get open looks even when Kansas was in the zone just from moving the ball and player movement, ball movement, and it was just all out of sorts for KU. So diving into some player performances, I'll start with where I left off. Devon Dotson, the numbers honestly aren't going to show you that he played bad He had seven points on three of seven shooting, only two turnovers only, two turnovers, one assist only, and that's it. He had four fouls. He basically sat out the entire second half after he picked up his fourth foul at about the 1740 mark, I would like to say. It was before the under-16 timeout, at least. So Devon Dotson really didn't play a whole lot in the second half because of the foul trouble. But in the first half, he did nothing to slow KU down. He did nothing to get KU going offensively. I mean, he himself looked like he was playing for himself, and this was a team of individuals tonight. It That shows up in the assist column. KU only had eight assists on a total of 22 made field goals. This was just a really bad offensive performance, and the buck stops with Devon Dotson because he is the point guard. And we have seen that when Devon Dotson plays well on the road, KU wins. It happened against TCU. It happened against Baylor. It didn't happen tonight. And I think that that is a real reflection on Devon Dotson's play. Again, if you just look at the box score postgame, it wouldn't stand out as a terrible performance from Dotson, but it really was. That was not good from him. I mean, he bricked 
an open layup. Not open, okay. It was a little bit contested, but he just airballed it, just left it short. He chicken-armed it. Like, you have not seen that happen from Devon Dotson this season, and it was just one of those games where you could just see that they weren't with it. And I mentioned this. This was my lead in my game story, looking at Kansas's defensive struggles defending Texas Tech 3. But there was a 3 at about the 740 mark in the first half where Dotson did everything correctly. He, Texas Tech had a ball screen. Dotson came in as the help man on the rolling Norenz Odiase, but then Jared Culver from the top of the key picked out Dotson's man in the corner. Dotson did a really good job of closing out on Owens in this case, and or Kyler Edwards, I'm sorry. And Edwards still rose up, shot, made the three, and Devon Dotson's head just sank. And that was the moment I felt like where you could just see that, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. That pushed Texas Tech's lead to 17. And from there, it, they eventually closed out the half on the run that I mentioned earlier. But it was just one of those games. And I thought Devon Dotson, it didn't show up in the stat sheet, but Devon Dotson did not play well. I would say that if you were to look at, uh, God, a positive performance, there's really not much. Quentin Grimes showed you a little bit in the first half. I thought he was probably the best player for Kansas in the first half. He was the first to the floor on two loose balls. I liked that. He had two rebounds on the defensive end, which you'd like to see Grimes getting on the boards on the defensive end because that is a way that you help defense is not allowing Texas Tech to get offensive rebounds, which they were able to get nine of. But overall, it's really hard to find a singular performance in which Kansas, you know, had a, a positive aspect, but you know, you look at Deidre Lawson's performance, he gets the 14 points, five rebounds. He continued that streak of made threes. I believe it is at either eight or nine games. I tweeted out earlier. I just don't have it in front of me, but for Lawson, he just, I don't know what it is about road games and teams have started to play him a lot more physically, but one of his first touches of the game, he posts up Tariq Owens, who, as Bill Self would call it, he is light in the butt. Um, Lawson was able just to post up Owens and backed him down in the paint and got a good look. It went in. I don't remember a single time after that that Lawson posted up Tariq Owens. That just didn't happen. And I don't know if that is a... Lawson needing to search out that matchup or if that is a Devon Dotson needs to find times to get Lawson the ball and search for that matchup or if this is a just that was a one-off and that was a defensive mishap on Texas Tech's part I don't know but seeing how Lawson and even David McCormick David McCormick did the same thing one of his first buckets in the first half came posting up Tariq Owens how do you not go back to that that is just what I think is the offensive not game plan, but there are certain things that you found success on early on in the game, and you just don't go back to it. That is something that is frustrating for me, and I think that reflects poorly on Diedrich Lawson. I think that reflects poorly on Devon Dotson. And, you know, Lawson got 14 points, 3 of 8 shooting, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. I thought in the second half, Lawson was a lot more aggressive. He got to the free throw line a lot more, drew some fouls. The second half for Lawson was great. He only shot four times in the first half. I think he only had four points at half. I'd have to check on that, but I think it was something around four points. It was actually two points. 
Wow. He only had two points in the first half, 12 in the second. So not a bad second half from Dietrich Lawson, but that first half when you need him to keep you in the game. And here's the thing also. This is going to start to be a tangent now, but you can't replace twos with threes. If Texas Tech is coming down and shooting a barrage of threes, you can go down and get some post-up for some high-percentage looks, but at some point, you have to start taking threes, and you have to start running things to get you open threes. And I did not feel like Kansas did that. Granted, that could be a byproduct of the way that Texas Tech defends and the way that they have forced you to the sides and not to the middle. They have this kind of no-middle scheme. Um, and I think that that probably contributed a little to Kansas not really getting many open looks from three. But there are certain things in this game that you would have liked to see Kansas do to try and get back in the game, and they just weren't there. I'd say also Marcus Garrett looked good coming back from injury. You know, shot the ball okay. Four of six shooting, got nine points. But he didn't affect the game in any other area. Didn't have any assists, didn't have any steals, didn't have any blocks, didn't have any rebounds. It was just an overall, just a bleh Marcus Garrett game. And that's okay. Coming back from a five-game absence, that's okay. But for someone that had, before he got injured, such a big impact for KU, you expect a little bit more in the areas outside of purely just scoring the ball. So looking at the Big 12 race as a whole for Kansas, you're kind of in the dreaded must-win territory now for Kansas. You're 9-5 and in the Big 12. You're a game behind Texas Tech, who is 10-4, and and you're two games behind Kansas State. And now you have, basically, the winner-take-all. Not winner-take-all, but a, uh, you're basically in March now. Like, this is what it is for Kansas. It is a you-cannot-lose-another-game for the rest of the season. Like, you cannot lose another Big 12 game. You, I guess you can lose it in the Big 12 tournament, but that's just going to hurt the seeding for Kansas. And from now on, Kansas needs to win out. They need to beat Kansas State on Monday. They need to go into Stillwater this Saturday after and win. And then they need to play in Norman on that next Tuesday, I believe, and win. And then come back home and beat Baylor at home. And after all that, you still need Texas Tech and Kansas State both to lose a game. So Kansas... The fate is not in their hands. They are Their backs are up against the wall. It's really, you're at the point now where no more mistakes. You cannot have a down game like this. You cannot come out flat in another game like you did tonight. And again, even if you beat Kansas State on Monday, which if I were to say now, I do believe that Kansas will beat Kansas State on Monday at home, you still need to go on the road back-to-back games and win those two contests against an Oklahoma State team that is arguably very bad, but plays halfway decent at home. And then you have to go play a mediocre Oklahoma team on the road. And this is something that I said going into this game, is that your role players always play better at home. That showed in the way that Texas Tech shot the ball compared to the way that they shot it in Lawrence. And I think that that showed in the way that Kansas shot the ball here compared to in Lawrence. So going on the road to play two mediocre, if you will, Big 12 teams, it's still not going to be easy because you're playing those teams in their home arena and the role players tend to play better at home. So it's not an easy road for Kansas to get to this 15th straight Big 12 title. I wouldn't say that the chances are high that Kansas is going to continue the streak. I'd 
probably, if you were to put a percentage on it, I'd say it's a probably 30 to 40% chance that Kansas does get at least a share. But even then, I think that could be a little too high and a little too optimistic. I think you're really getting to the time now where I think Kansas has kind of run out of its cards that it can play, and it's just time to start scoreboard watch. And you just got to really hope that Kansas State drops one of its next games and Texas Tech drops either at Iowa State or at TCU. But at this point, it's out of Kansas' hands. They've just got to do their own business and just hope that the Big 12, Big 12s again. And, and when the dust settles, Kansas will have a share of its 15th Big 12 title. That's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, you can stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU basketball content. We've got really good stories up right now from Lubbock. Some really interesting things that Chris Beard said after the game, as well as Bill Self. As always, you can follow myself on Twitter, at mswain97. You can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter, at Scott. And we'll talk to you Monday after the Kansas State game.